evening, everybody. The multitudes are coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I can see them coming over yonder hill. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Why don't you stand up? <laughs> stand up, please. I know you're tired and hot and all that, but, you know, hey, we can do this thing, all right? We are going to say our prayer confession for America. Are you ready? All right. You, you can't even talk real loud. Are you ready? I'm going to do it again. Are you ready? All right. There we go. we got to wake you up. You've been out there too long. Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to go over the announcements with you really quick. Pastors Dave and Katie and their family and Pastor Josh and Julie and their family are all up at Sequoia. They go up there every year, and I'm so happy for them. They get to go up there in the mountains, no cell phones, and I just call it restoring their soul. You know what I mean? So they're getting a good time up there. So they'll be back here Sunday. All right, so announcements. This Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night is water baptisms. And so if you're born again, have never been water baptized, or were sprinkled or something when you were a kid and would like to be water baptized as a, as a show of your faith, then uh, sign up on the sign-up sheet. And there's, a, there's a, uh, uh, a little class about that on Sunday mornings. But if you've signed up, then they will contact you and tell you all about that and what it is that you need to bring. Also, Alex Church, who happens to be, la la, up there, um, he is inviting everybody to a Christian music festival. He's playing it in Atlanta, used to be where the Mavericks played on Saturday, July the 29th. He plays at 5, but the whole thing starts at 10, right? And Day's Eye is going to be there at 5. Okay. And you're playing at 5. Okay, good deal. All right, all right, all right, all right. So you'll enjoy that. No men's meeting for August. And the High Desert Word Center pool party is Friday, August the 4th from 6 to 9 at the Henderson Pool. Whoopee. All right. So guess what time it is? You guys got to wake up, man. I know it's hot out there, but it's cooler in here. What time is it? All right. Pastor's going to... Do this for us. <laughs> I don't like a quiet church. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, whoo. It is hot out there again. Yeah, I, I, told, I told a couple guys coming in that I love Barstow, except the summertime, it's hotter than Barstow. I love the people. Boy, I sure don't love the weather. The years we've been here, it's still rough to get a hold of it. Amen. All right, need an envelope for your tithes, your offerings, and uh, hold your hand up, and our ushers, yep, will be glad to serve you. 
And open up your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read a couple verses out of the uh, New Living Translation. I think that's Pastor Dave's translation, the NLT. I'm going to read this. I'm going to start at verse 3 in just a minute. I'm thinking about stuff that I learned off Brother Hagin years and years ago that, that I always go by. I've got a checklist with my faith. Anybody got a checklist? If your faith's not working, check some things. You know, you know, in life, you got to check things. If your car got a check engine light, come on. It's really smart to uh, find a mechanic to check it. Find out what's happening so you don't have a crash or something happened. Well, with your faith, how many know that faith does work? Jesus said, you'll have what you say. You act on the word, etc., etc. But also, uh, Galatians 5.22 says, or 5.26 says, that faith works by love. Faith works by love. And so if you're a person that faithfully pays the tithe to Jesus, when you get paid, you pay your tithe, and you do the things you know to do, you try to talk right, act right, and do right. Brother Hagin always said, if my faith wasn't doing what the Bible says it ought to do, the first thing I'd check would be my love walk. Because faith works by love. Uh, cars run by gas. It'd be smart to check your gas tank if all set of motors pulled to the side of the road. You need to check the gauge. Amen. So if your faith's not working, the first thing I would check would be my love walk, and that is if you're a tither. Amen. Because your money's not going to work right anyway. If you're not a tither, it's not going to go great. But I want you to look at this right here out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 3. It says, If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And the King James Bible says, it profits me nothing. Well, how many know it's better to profit than have a loss? And so, if, if Paul said by the Holy Spirit that you give everything you have, not just be a tither, but give everything you have to, to the poor, and even give your whole life. But he said, if you don't love people, it profits you nothing. And then it gives you just a little bit of a definition of what God's talking about. Love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. And in this hot weather, with things going on all around us, and sometimes rude people, it's really nice to stay patient and kind. That is if you want to profit. It says, uh, it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Or rude. Did anybody ever hear that expression that's pretty popular today? Well, excuse me. Well, that's not very kind. You're really being sarcastic, and you're just doing... You know, you're stopping short of cussing somebody out. Amen. And so he says that uh, you need to be patient, kind. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wrong. Keeps no record of being wrong. Did you ever hear the expression of the Bible, forgive? You shall be forgiven. And so if somebody wrongs you, you need to really forgive. That, I'm talking about a checklist for tithers. That if things aren't working right, as you try to figure it out right, then look in the mirror. Anyway, you just, just go on down through the checklist. But that's just some good wisdom from God about your money. And, you know, I've been a tither for a lot of years, really all my Christian life. I've always been a person that gives. But also at the top of the list, God says the number one thing about that's loving people. And so if things aren't working, check your love walk. Amen. Well, let's stand up and make our, make our financial faith confession.
and then bring our tithes to the altar, and then we're going to be blessed. A wonderful Bible teacher. To help us, and uh, some people say, put your toes under the seat when she gets up here, but I don't say that. She's really nice. Dylan said that. Okay. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give ministry into the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Join us up here at the altar. Let's praise the Lord on tonight. Amen. Let's come worship the King.
worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, the highest form of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You give life. You are love. You bring light to
great. Lord, you're so great, Father. You're so great. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory just for our very lives, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's such an honor to be your children, Father. And just we just call you Lord. We call you Master. We call you Lord. We call you Savior. We call you Healer. We call you our Financier. We call you our Restorer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you're our all in all. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may return to your seats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we've all established that we're awake, correct? (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Okay, well, tonight I'm going to be teaching about something that is a gift from the Lord that is probably the one that we most take for granted, never think about, waste, toss around, sometimes don't do anything about, and that's time. God has given us the gift of time. We can either use it wisely or we can waste it. Time is valuable. You can't buy back time. That is why every single second that you spend with your loved ones, with your children, you know, don't shove it aside. You can't buy it back. You cannot buy it back. And you don't want to, (laughs) and you don't want to uh, breathe your last breath with regrets. Oh, I wish I had. Oh, I wish I had. I made my mind up years ago that regrets was something I was not going to go to my grave with. So if the Lord prompts me to do something, I do it when it comes to to people, you know, things like that. So anyway, time can be a blessing. Or because of your own choices, it can be a curse. Well, how can it be a curse? Well... Ask the guy who's in prison doing time. It's a curse to him, right? He's doing time in prison. Worthless time. You know, so we need to we need to be able to look at time and say, how am I going to use the time that the Lord has given to me? You know, I can't help when I was writing this out. I can't help but think of Rosalinda and the past of little Kaylee. You know, 17 years, I'm sure they're thinking us to be with our, our our cousin, our niece, you know, our daughter, whatever. So time is valuable once again. I want you to look up Jeremiah 29, 11. Very, very, very familiar verse to all of us. Da-da-da. I always bring my hard copy, so it takes me a while to get through it. Okay, or get to it. I'm in the New King James for all of this tonight. So Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Well, what is a future and a hope 
filled with subject of tonight's message is time. Your future from the day you were born to the day you pass is filled with time, right? So this involves time spent living, right? But you can go your own way. God has his perfect plan. You can mess it up royally. You can go your own way and never know God's plan for you. First thing you need to do is get born again, give your life to Jesus Christ. Surrender it all to him. You know, when you become a Christian, you don't just give him a tiny bit of your life, a tiny bit of your heart. Lord, you can have this much, but I'm keeping this much for myself. No, it's a total sellout deal. As soon as you become a born-again believer, you sell out, you surrender all. Lord, here I am. Take me. Use me. Send me wherever you want to go. I'll be whatever you want to be. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's why I'm in California, you see. Because I was in Indiana. And he said, California is the place you ought to be. So we loaded up the Penske truck and we moved to Barstow. You know the verse, the song, right? Never ever would have thought about California, period. California wasn't even in our radar, not our thought process, nothing. If you'd have told me as a believer... 25 years ago, I'd moved to California. I would have laughed in their face. So here I am. Why? Because I surrendered all. I go where he says to go. I do what he says to do. And when you get to that point in your life, that's when you have complete and total freedom. When you give God your time, your very life, that's when his blessings, his purpose falls on you in a way that you can never imagine how fruitful and how awesome it is to live a life for Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See that you walk circumspectly. You know, live out your days. Your days, your life is filled with steps, right? Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the what? The time. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You need to know what the will of the Lord is for your life, for your life. You know, Pastor wrote a book, um, What Always Precedes a Major Move of God, subtitle, Do You Know Your Position, the Relevance to the Times in Which We Live. You know, you weren't born in this time period by chance or accident. These are the last days. Jesus is coming soon. The rapture will be here. One of these days we know not when. But... We need to be ready. And God trusted us to live in these last days. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I would have liked to have lived during the times of the disciples. Yes, that was exciting times. But how much more exciting is it to get out there and to win the lost, to make sure that people are born again, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to do everything that we can to witness to people, both with our words and with the lifestyle that we do live. 
Amen. And to usher in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. To take as many people with us as we can. That's the name of the game right there. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so he put it on us, our hands, our feet, our mouth to go and to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that takes our what? Our time. Amen. Which we have given to him. So we can think about time spenders versus time wasters. You know, we can spend our time wisely or we can waste our time. The problem with wasted time is that there's no productivity in it. The Lord gave us 24 hours in a day. He thought that was sufficient. If he thought giving us the time of 24 hours in a day is sufficient and what we needed, then why do we so many times hear people say there just aren't enough hours in the day? You hear people say that all the time. There just aren't enough hours in the day. But if the Lord made 24 hours, then that should be enough. So there's something not wrong on our end, not on his end. You know, sometimes we have to have a priority shakeup. You need to get rid of some of those things that are taking your time, that are not productive, that are time wasters, and get your priorities straight. Hallelujah. You know, maybe you just aren't utilizing your 24 hours wisely. I'm going to talk more about that at the end of this. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6, starting at verse 6. I just love that the Bible doesn't mince words. God says what he means and means what he says. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. How would you like to be called a sluggard, you old sluggard, you old lazy bum? Consider her ways and be wise. Consider the ant ways of an ant which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the, in the forest. How long, how long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Ah, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Consider the ant. So here the Lord's saying, look, what are you doing with your time? Look at, a, look at an ant. If you, do, if you happen to see an ant on the ground, you can always tell they're doing something. They're busy. They're going somewhere. They're carrying food in their mouth. They're doing something. But he's saying to us, we should be as busy. We should be as thought-provoking and as future-minded as an ant is. But so many of us aren't. Amen. We spend too much time in bed sleeping or on the sofa sleeping. Look at Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Uh, do you understand that saying? You know, this isn't farm country necessarily. But we come from the Midwest where there's corn fields, wheat fields, soybean fields. You know, if you don't plan 
If you don't plant those fields, guess what's coming in the fall? Nothing. Nada. You may have a perfectly good field. You know, maybe you even plowed it under in the, in the year before, but you never bothered to plant any seed in it for the coming harvest. So you're getting nothing. Time. A lazy man wastes his time. A smart man like Raymond back there, Raymond never sits still, do you, Raymond? He's always darting to and fro. You're my kind of guy. I like that. <laughs> he's always busy doing something. Right now he's taking pictures while he's filming <laughs> the, the, the broadcast. So thank you, Raymond. Plus he holds down a full-time job and all the rest of it. So thank you, Raymond. Okay, Proverbs 24. Let's look at this. Proverbs 24, verses 33 and 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. So it looks to me like the Lord isn't really happy with lazy people. He didn't bless us with time to be lazy and to waste the time that he has given us. Can you agree with me on that? Amen. Okay. So let's look and see what, what's going on in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, I'm in verses 13 through 17. Come now, you say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Somebody has plans there. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Yeah, to him it is sin. God's plan. You know, the God, you know, if you do things God's way, for example... If, let's just let's just throw out the financial issue. If you do things God's way, if you're a tither, you give offerings, you do what he tells you to do, he's going to show you how to profit. He's going to show you how to make money. He's going to maybe give you a plan for a business. You know, not everybody has their own business, but a lot of people work for other people. But he's going to show you wisdom with your money, what you do with that money. I'm going to show you a chart in a little bit. It's called a time management chart. Everybody, most of you got one when you came in. Um, in a little bit, I'll we'll pass out to those of you who didn't get one. But in a little, but but I'm going to give you an assignment when we're when we're done here today, and it's called a, a time management study sheet. It's a 24-hour study thing, and you're going to chart what you do every day. You're going to chart when you're sleeping. You're going to chart when you're on the job. 
You're going to chart when you drive the kids to school. You're going to chart when you're sitting there for six hours playing on your phone. You know, you're going to chart when you're sitting in front of the boob tube, you know, watching all this stuff. You're going to chart all that for 24 hours. And then you're going to look at it and you're going to say, I am wasting time. Even though you think you're the busiest person on the planet, you would be surprised how much time all of us waste. But we'll never have a reality of it unless we see it with our own eyes. Amen. So we'll do that a little bit. Okay, let's look at uh, Psalms 37. Psalms 37, 23 and 24. I love this. These two verses. One of my, a couple of my favorites. Actually, it's just Psalms 23, not 24. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. It takes time to take a step, doesn't it? No matter how minimal a time it takes for me to, to walk, a step from here back to my seat, it still takes time. He orders, says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. I love that. That means that I have confidence. Every day I usually confess that. I say, Father, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You said that you order my steps today. And, Lord, I take that a step further. I thank you, Lord, that as I'm driving down the highway, you're ordering the traffic, too. Why not? Back then they had to walk everywhere where they went. Here we drive. So I said, Lord, thank you. And so you'd be surprised how many times I'll drive to Victorville. There's nobody a half a mile in back of me and nobody a half a mile in front of me. And it could be a busy traffic day. Why? Because he orders the traffic around me. He orders my steps. That's something you can utilize and step into. Amen. Look at Ecclesiastes 3. This is the Psalm of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. This is the big time thing that everybody, everybody has heard about. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. The word says, to everything there is a season. Think about your life. I was talking to my grandson Mikey the other day, and he was talking, well, actually he was talking to me. He's a very smart little man. And he says, you know, people are born, and then they grow up, and then they become adults, and then they get old, and then they die. <laughs> That's a season, the seasons of life. <laughs> you know, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Isn't it wonderful when you go through your house and you throw away stuff? <laughs> you throw it away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. 
A reference for that is Luke 14, 26. I'm not going to go there, but you, I read that and I thought, wait a minute, God is love. Why are we hating? But there's a pretty good, there's a good scripture on it. Luke 14, 26. You write that down, look it up later. A time of war and a time of peace. You know, the old song, to everything there is a season. To everything, turn, turn. And it's made up of time. It's made up of time. Look at Mark 13. This is Jesus talking, to, uh, Mark 13, I'm in verse 32. You could, the whole rest of that before that was talking about end times. But Jesus said, verse 32, talking about when Jesus returns. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus himself doesn't know, but only the Father. Jesus said, take heed, watch, and pray. For you do not know when the... Time is, right? See the word time? You do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly find you sleeping. And what I say, I say to you all, watch. Amen. I want to, uh, if you did not get a yellow time management sheet, raise your hand and Walter has those and he'll pass those out. Raise your hand real high. I want to go over this with you and then I'm going to hit another topic really briefly that the Lord's laid on my heart. Oh, actually, this is not a 24-hour study. It's a week-long study, Sunday through Saturday. Oh, this is even better. Woohoo! 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yippee. Okay, whoopee. <laughs> you're going to have to put this on your refrigerator somewhere where you can see it all the time. Okay. So it says, monitor your time and see how you spend it. This will help you analyze your priorities and make adjustments to serve Jesus better. Place each slot, work, sleep, church, family time, time with the Lord, TV, sports, hunting, whatever it is that you do. Write down, you know, you don't have to turn this in. This is for your own benefit. You know, I'll never see this. But you need to to do this. It's just for your benefit. I think it'll help you a lot because then you'll see, Lord, I want to utilize the time that you've given to me. I want to be a blessing with your gift of time. And I want to utilize it. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the end of that one. Now, completely, don't forget that. Just put it aside in your in your memory brain for future reference. And I'm going to a whole other screen. I'm going to talk to you about something. I want you to look at Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 for a minute. Total, completely, completely different topic. Very familiar scripture.
2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is a born-again believer, if anyone has asked Jesus into their heart, if anyone has surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, what does it say he is? He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Your past has passed away. You got that? Doesn't matter how good or how bad you were. Your past has passed away. You can't go back there. You can't live it again. Don't dwell on it. Don't ever let the devil beat you over the head and tell you how bad you are or were. If you're a new creature in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. All things have become new. That means that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Pastor used to say, he used to say, the man that used to live in this body died. He used to say that all the time. He still says it. The man that used to live in this body died. Now I have a new me inside. It's, it's by the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has made me new. I want to say this too. Look at Ephesians 4.27 real quick. Tiny little verse. One, two, three, four, six words. Ephesians 4.27. Nor give place to the... What's it say? Don't give place to the devil. Okay, now I'm going to share some stuff with you. Nobody knows... When you say that prayer of salvation, whether you mean it or not. And sometimes people will have to say it more than once. Because sometimes they don't really realize, what did I just do? That's why we have a lot of nice little mini books in the book store called The New Birth. It helps you to understand when you ask Jesus into your heart what takes place. But you need to watch out that you don't give place to the devil. Because you give him a tiny little crack in a door that you open, and he's going to call cause havoc in your life. And I'm telling you this to help you. How do I how do I give place to the devil? Well, sometimes it's through watching TV. Sometimes there was a movie series that came out that was completely and totally demonic, and people just Christians just grabbed onto that thing like you wouldn't believe but it's very satanic, very demonic. I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll tell you this. My children when they were little, Annie will attest to this. She's the only kid in here tonight that I raised up. They were not allowed to watch Disney. They could watch Old Yeller or something like that. I'll tell you why. Because Disney introduced witchcraft in the United States of America. Aw, come on, Mrs. Pastor. It's all, it's all innocent. No, it's not. The witches, the levitation, all that stuff. You know, you've got to be smart. 
What is it you're watching? Just because it's shining and bright and sparkles and sings and dances and what's the message behind it? So they were never allowed to watch Disney ever. Why? Because I did not want that that door to demons to open upon them, for them to let that in. Fortune tellers, palm readers, Ouija boards, casting spells, amulets, wearing, you know, uh, necklaces with spell stuff in them, secretive organizations. I'm telling you this because nobody I don't think up here has ever told you this before. But you need to denounce that stuff and say, Satan, I don't want any part of this. You need to say, Lord, forgive me for doing that in the past. Maybe you've not done that, but you need to do it. Say, Lord, I totally give my life to you. I don't want any part of Satan. Satan is not good. You hear people say, oh, I'm going to hell and I'm going to party with my friends. No, you're not. Hell is torment day in, day out for the rest of your lives and you're by yourself. Going to heaven is seeing the ones that you love. Jesus paid the price. You receive him. You get to go to heaven someday. You get to, you know, be with your loved ones, be with Jesus. There's none of that in hell. Satan has no mercy. You can cry out for mercy all you want to, but he has none. None. Years ago... When I, was a, when I was seventh grade, give or take, I lived in New England. And there's secretive organizations that are popular in that. I'm not naming any names that are popular in that side of the nation. And my parents thought that I should be involved in the, the girl part of it. So they got me all trained up and I wore my pretty little white dress and I went to this stupid initiation thing or whatever it was that they had. I come to find out that's completely satanic. But it wasn't until years later that I learned as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian that that needed to get out. I needed to get rid of that because it was still there. And I said, you know, I just said, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And then then when I was I was still a Christian, I was kind, I was kind of backslidden. I wasn't going to church back when I was 20-ish, give or take. And I thought it was cool to read palms, you know. So I dabbled in this junk as well. I used to like to watch some stupid soap opera that was about witches and junk, you know. So I dabbled in it as well. But it's extremely dangerous. And if you, if you, you need to just, you know, you're big boys and girls, you just need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I participated in that years ago or whatever, or maybe right, you're still doing it. Say, Lord, I don't want to, you know, just forgive me for that. I just cleanse me from it in Jesus' name. Do you understand where I'm coming from? You're just looking at me like a calf at a new gate, like, oh, I don't know what the heck she just said. Does anybody understand what I just said? Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's up to you to do that. On, you can do that on your own. Because we want to be holy temples for the Lord. 100% Jesus, top to bottom, inside, outside, all over the place. But if, you, if you've got stuff like those demons hanging around you, they're going to torment you. They're going to try to trick you into doing stuff. They're going to try to get you to go back to the old life. They're going to get you to do stupid things. You know, you don't want that. You know, it's never bad if you go to a movie unbeknownst to you, what is, you know, what's going on. 
But of course, you can always look at the ratings and jump to get up and walk out. Just get up and walk out. If you're in a place where weird things are going on, especially teenagers and stuff like that, if you're in a weird place where all of a sudden people, they say, well, we're going to play this satanic game or we're going to do this witchcraft stuff. Just say, no, I'm not doing that and leave. You know, I would rather offend them than offend my God. You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, I said all that to enlighten you. So if you weren't enlightened before, I hope you're enlightened now. Amen? Okay? All right. Let's stand up. You want to say something? Pastor wants to say something. Yeah, I, I, you know, as she was talking, I, I want to show you how I applied this time study in my own life years ago. I, I designed that probably 30, 30-some years ago. I used to have, have people at church do that all the time. We didn't have smartphones then. Oh. And so now I just want to show you my life choice I make. I want you to look this. I, we got a little time. I just want to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 1. And... How many know that God gave us a free will? That God doesn't want robots. God doesn't make anybody do anything. But he tells you in the Bible things you can do. And I want you to think about this. Do we all use the word faith a lot? We're faith people? Well, you know what, what, what thing faith does? Faith gives you the ability on the inside to step out and say no or yes. Did you know that everybody that's in hell is there by choice? When they made the choice to not accept Jesus when they had the chance, they made the choice. I don't want Jesus, so by making that choice of denying him, they made the choice of going somewhere else. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I want you to see something. And then when you do that time study, I do hope everybody does that. And just stick with it. And, uh, you know, that, that, by the way, that's how you do a financial study, too. You write things down, see where your money goes. You know, how much you got come in. If you write down uh, every, every penny, every dime, every dollar you spend for a week or two, you're going to find out that you do have enough money. You just spend it wrong. Same thing with time. Wherefore, see, we also are surrounded by with such a great cloud of witnesses. And that's talking about the people before us that went to heaven. The Lord lets them look down sometimes and see what's going on down here. And so I know that I, 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 I talk to the Lord about my grandma all the time. She's the only Christian I knew until I got saved. My Baptist grandma influenced me, took me to Sunday school, prayed for me. And all the time I look up and say, Jesus, let grandma see what I'm doing now. It worked. And so there's people watching us. They're witnessing our lives. Now look at this. Ask God to take that sin away from you. That's not what it says. Let us, as an act of our will, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, get a hold of us, and then let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And that's that Jeremiah 29, 11, Mr. Pastor talked about. Everyone in here has an individual thing God wants you to do with your life. Some people are professionals. Some people are non-professionals. they got a calling in life, a job in life. But the thing is, God's got a plan for everybody. And he says right here, anything that's caused you not to be able to do what God wants you to do, get rid of it. 
And so I said that to say this about that time study, something that I just really, all the time that she's talking, I'm thinking that cell phones are one of the biggest, biggest, biggest damaging things I think has ever happened to the earth, as far as Christians go. Years ago, I was at a missions conference in Visalia, California, went up there every year, and uh, I was in the 1030 service, and I was kind of sitting in the back, and when I go places with the churches, I don't like to be up front, I like to sit towards the back, I just like to be conspicuous and joy because I was there to receive. I sit there, they were teaching, and all of a sudden I realized that this is, this may have been 15 years ago, I had the Facebook app on, and I'd look at Facebook sometimes, and I'd be on that thing for a long time, there. wow man, I just wasted two stupid hours. I had a news app on there. I like to keep up with politics and things going on, and I'd look at that thing, and it would grab me and grab me and grab me, and I'd look at that thing for hours, and I sit there in that service, and how many here know that you have a conscience? Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. And when your conscience start to convict you of things in your life that God wants to change, that's your spirit influenced by the Holy Spirit talking to you. Well, I sat there, and he wasn't talking, the man wasn't talking anything about any apps or anything like that, but there's anointing there. And the anointing is the presence of Jesus. And so this service tonight, there's an anointing here. It's the presence of Jesus. When you go to your prayer closet at home or wherever you're at, you're reading your Bible, doing time study, praying, well, the presence of Jesus comes in. And Jesus, Pastor Dave taught this Sunday, said, my sheep know my voice. And they obey me. They flee from the voice of a stranger. So that day sitting there, when I realized in my heart that my life was being wasted by looking at a stupid Facebook thing, I reached out and delete 15 years ago. I don't do Facebook. I look at Mrs. Pastor sometimes, and sometimes if I know my family around the country got something going on or the church got something going on, I'll go the long way around and log in through Google and pull it up to see what people are saying, what's going on, or see pictures of events. But then I immediately get that thing off of there. You know why? Time. How could I say I don't have time to pray if I got time to look at stupid stuff for three hours? How could I say, Pastor always, said, Pastor always says, learn these verses, learn where they're at. How could I say I don't have time to learn verses if you're learning everything on Facebook? Or how about the news app? I don't have time to read my Bible, but there are probably 15 politicians you can tell me about how they voted on bills. And so I just want to say this from my own convictions. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so with the amount of time we have in the world today, don't get sucked in to the smartphone stuff, which probably 99.99% of you are anyway, because that, 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 that's just really such a weight. And he said, you lay aside every weight. He said, you lay aside every weight. It's an act of your will, what you're going to do with your life. And so I can just tell you this from personal experience, your spiritual life will change tremendously. If you use your faith, to find out the time stillers in your life. I don't know what they are, but you've got the same Holy Spirit I've got.
And he would not tell us to lay aside weights if there weren't weights. And so I just, I just really challenge you, do this time study. Be serious about it. And at the end of a week, you're going to look through there and thought, man, I didn't realize I watched 22 hours of TV every week. Wow. 40 hours on Facebook last week? I can't believe that. Well, by the time you take seven days and multiply all those sessions on there, you're going to be totally shocked at what you see. As you start getting rid of things, you're going to have time to pray. You're going to have time to read your Bible. You're going to have time to do things you really want to do. And you might be able to get more sleep and be a better employee. <laughs> better whatever you are anyway. that help anybody? That, that is for real. That is for real. Amen, amen, amen. I refuse, I refuse to spend my day looking at something on Facebook for three or four hours and then get done and feel empty like, what did I just see? I don't really know. Let's stand up. <laughs> amen. Well, I hope Mrs. Pastor helped you. And I hope I helped you. But do that time study. That, that'll, that'll really help you uh, tweak your life. And also, remember that Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Do you know that half of what you look at on Facebook or the news are bored, it's going to make you mad? <laughs> he said, be you angry and sin not. So if you're just going to get mad about politics, quit looking at it all the time. You're going to get mad about what people are saying. Quit looking at what they're saying. Look at what Jesus is saying. He's the one you need to listen to anyway. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to do what we do at the end of the service. We're going to worship Jesus. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. But I'm going to say it again. The anointing is the presence of Jesus. And when Jesus is here, problems are taken care of. Whether you need healing, uh, you need set free from something. Or you just need hands laid on you because you want to get closer to God. Then come on up here and let us pray for you. We want to help everybody. Amen.
praying and that way you can hook up with the anointing you have and just you know if you're praying tongues praying tongues that and what what I, what I like to tell people a lot of times when people come up here you know they got something seriously what God to move on they can put where you up here or if one of your relatives up here you think boy I'm tired right now but I hope people are praying with me so just stay hooked up for just a couple more minutes and then we'll be we'll be going Let's give a good hand for this pastor for helping us out. I'll tell you what, that last little exhortation is so real, you don't realize how much it slipped in to Christianity because of television and uh, all the stupid stuff out there. Just because things are popular, have been for a long time, when you begin to see truth and know truth, the things she prayed about, do your own research things you're praying about you need to look at because you want to have the most anointed life you could have. And so when a lot of things we're ignorant on, we're not ignorant on anymore. That might be another doorway, something you need to see. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the word we heard tonight. We thank you for the love of Jesus that's in this place. And Lord, we want to thank you that our church is having an influence, not only on the ones that come in, but the places that we all go and we leave, Lord. We have influence on people's lives for the better to show them who you really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're ready for the Barstow Confession. Amen, amen. Not the, not the financial faith confession, but the Barstow Confession. Are we ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. The walls of God's salvation. 
full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We did good.